0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Four Transplants in a Microphone. We are coming, well, not live, but we're coming at you from OMB, Ooh. so one of the Charlotte originals here. We've got a great episode coming up for you here. We've got the usual characters, we'll go around and do it, and then we've got a guest that we will let Jack introduce after he introduces himself, yeah. which I kind of feel like I just kind of introduced you. You did great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to kick us off? Brandon with Superior Data Solutions. I am Brian with Main and & Johnson.
1: And I am Jack with Pineapple Consulting Firm. we got the Jersey kid in town today. That's right. We moved down here a little bit ago. He's, he grew up on the ocean. He's a sailor. we got a lot of things going on here. He's an executive coach. My good buddy, James Pagano. Thanks for coming in, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of Looking course, Looking forward man.
0: to this conversation.
1: No, I appreciate your lies right off the bat. That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> what he's not saying
0: is, I'm not even sure what the conversation is yet, but that's great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no,
1: it's perfect. So, I mean, we've known each other for a while now, James, and uh, executive coaching, right? Smaller teams. Tell us a little bit about the business.
2: Yeah, I would say, I mean, my, my business, unlike Brian's, I really focus, I'm a business coach, executive coach. But I focus on the small business. I would even consider it a micro-sized business. I'm an entrepreneur's coach. I look at companies that are, you know, zero to 10 employees is my sweet spot. Yep. Okay. My largest client now has 25 employees. So Well, they, and they only had
0: six when they started working with you. There you so go, yeah. buddy. I, yeah. Yeah, thank, you, for, so. thank you so much for that <laughs> yeah. one.
2: That was a nice layup. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So we work yeah. on strategy, leadership, development, all of the above. I mean, everything money time and people right yep the three pillars money time and people i love working with the owner that's yep. what i do yeah
1: that's fun okay and so you're are you working with the owner to say you know here's the strategy for next quarter this makes sense to start and are you also i think you're doing that and you're also saying great you have a conflict with an employee or a tough situation let's talk through that and how to handle it correct all okay. of the above so
2: you know right. you go through ver- various iterations growth and life cycle of a business so wherever i'm coming in it could be a business that's. Two, two to five years old. It could be a business that's 10 to 15 years old. Wherever I come in, we look at the current state. I work with the owner to get a snapshot, where are they currently with you know baseline metrics compared to where they want to be? Do they have strategy in place? Do they have growth potential? You know, And we look at it all. We look at where they're spending their time, who they're leveraging, and then as time evolves, I mean, things change in business. So now we're hiring people, we're firing people, we're, developing people, secession, if it's a mature business. So we're working on all those elements depending on what's needed at the time. And my practice, we're not project-based per se, because I come in and I typically hang on to clients. I mean, my clients, I was sharing with you before we opened the mics here, you know, I was working with a client this morning who's been with me for nine years. Wow. And they've gone through various stages of their business. And it's it's been an exciting ride and they continue to work with me so nice yeah
0: wow all right well and i think one of the things that's interesting and i'm glad you pointed it out the way that you did because i'm sure and maybe for the audience's sake because i know they've heard me describe what our business does i mean james you and i have some overlap in terms of what we offer out to the market and to the same target in some sense we have maybe a little different approach on some other things that i know our audience is a little bit more aware of that is more project based that you just kind of said that's maybe not your approach But focusing on that and like so the audience knows, like the way all coaches actually wind up collaborating in some sense, because there are way more businesses out there that aren't using coaches than the ones you and I have and fighting over those. That's right. That's right. I love that aspect of it because that allows us to continuously learn and develop ourselves as coaches. But one of the things I wanted to key in on that you said is. And Jack, you teed this up nicely. I don't know if you did it intentionally, but like, what is it that you focus on with the customer? And your answer was exactly what I think is the hardest thing in coaching to explain, which is yes. Like whatever is needed, everything is the answer. Like there are coaches that focus on sales. There are coaches that focus on specifics, but if you're truly like a business coach, you're trying to be a generalist. It doesn't mean you're not an expert, but it means I'm kind of like your unpaid equity, you know, non-equity partner, that is gonna discuss every single major decision that you might come across, and they may change over time. Like we may be focused on growth now, but that growth may mean, well, you're not a very good people leader, so now we're gonna focus on people leadership, right. because right. you hired all these people in, but you don't know how to manage them. That's right, Yeah.
2: that's right, yeah. And,
0: and I think that's an important distinction, because if people know that's what they're getting versus you're gonna come in and help me grow my business, then I don't need you once it gets to a certain point, and it's not about that, it's just, there's a lot more to it than just growth.
2: Various stages of the life cycle of any business exactly. as I mentioned. I mean, and there's different things every time. I mean, I typically start my coaching sessions with what's the agenda? What's the objective at the end of our conversation today? If you're a business owner I always
0: say what's on tap. I'm not sure like it must be a totally different
2: element. <laughs> you're in a different situation. <laughs> You ask a business so you're right. Most there's more business owners not working with coaches than there are business owners working with coaches. Sure. But if you ask any business owner what's on your mind today, what's keeping you up? What's press you know, what's the bottleneck, you're gonna get an answer. Yeah. So right, why are you not working with a coach? Yeah. Coach is just outside perspective to help guide you through that. Right. So let's work together. I'm on your team. It's a collaboration. But I love what you're pointing out about the coach collaboration, and I think that's important. So in my yep. portfolio of coaches, I have people I can reach out to as needed when identified when I'm working with a specific client on a specific area. You know, as an example, HR. I don't touch HR. Outside right. leadership coaching, if it's HR issue, I don't want to touch that. But I have resources that can sure. help you there. Right? Yeah, yeah So sticky quick. Exactly. I mean, even as simple as, you know, a project-based employee handbook. Right. No, I don't do that, but I have people you could absolutely call to make sure that it's done right and you have it in your files.
0: Well, and that even in in a bit of our languaging, that's more a project-based approach in terms of, like, that person is going to have it done for them, not you and you kind of working with them on how to work through it correct they come to you and they're like hey i need this hr handbook and you're like great i agree you do need it you should go get that done and that's where <laughs> and that's where my role is, yeah is. i'm because involved that's, until that point yeah. right like right. I, I mean if you take the correlation of what coaching actually is it's not really a whole lot different than what you knew all along like from a sports perspective like you don't see the coach walking out on the court going, guys, I'll take these free throws. Don't worry about it. That's you know? right. Beautiful it's, hey, analogy. here's what you've got to focus on while you're taking the shot. Like, yes, you know, you need to hit one of these two or we don't win the game or something like that. But, yep. you know, here's guys, be ready. He's going to like – you know all of the dynamics of it, but still somebody else takes the shot.
2: And you know what, yeah. Brian? I mean, a lot of business owners that listen to your podcast here, it's like, do I really need a coach? Well, sports analogy, whoever your top performer is in sports – they don't have a coach. They probably have three yeah, or five coaches. Right. Oh, <laughs> so right. why are these professionals seeking out outside, outside assistance and guidance? And the people who are earning their living and, and having teams of people and families relying on this organization's success, why are you not leaning on other people for res- as yeah. a resource for right. assistance and guidance? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So
0: I, I do think there's an element that coaching – especially if you like take that same analogy, it's actually more for organizations that have gotten far enough using what their own know-how is that in order to get them over a hurdle, it may take an approach that they just haven't done yet or they aren't familiar with. And and it's like, like, if you pick any golfer, I mean, they all have swing coaches. The reason that they have them isn't because they're not good enough at golf. They could probably any day go out and win a tournament just by showing up. But it's like, if you want to consistently stay in that top 1% of your field, you're gonna have outside eyes looking at something that you're doing because you can't see it that's and right. be in it at the same time. Yeah. yeah. It's
2: down. It's, you don't know what you don't know, right? I mean, that old adage. But that's the thing. You know, in, in literally going back to that just real quick story, in Little League, which I sucked at, by the way, I'm not a good baseball player, but in Little League, I remember a coach saying to me, because I would always hit the ball to right field. Yeah. And Were you a lefty or righty? I was righty. Oh. Well, interesting right. little tidbit about me. I am a left. I write with my left hand, but I bat and swing with and a righty. <laughs> I don't understand All it. All right. Yeah. Anyway. This could be a whole other episode. This is a whole We're other episode. With the left. Yeah, right. so yeah. I'm going out there. I'm going out there in Little League. You know, the coach sees me show up throwing the ball. He's like, great, I got a lefty. I got a first baseman. Maybe he could be a lefty hitter. And then I get up to the bat, to the plate, and I'm batting righty, and I can't hit yep. the ball for shit. Yep. So I would always hit it short to right. And he goes, you know, we gotta figure out how to how you could get on first base. I said he goes, What what do you think you should do? I said, I just gotta learn how to run faster. He goes, No, man. (laughs) You gotta learn how to swing the bat a little bit ahead of the ball and get it into left field. Because you're not a good hitter, so you're not going to hit it deep, and you're not a fast runner, so you're going to have to hit it far left. <laughs> Running is so really my, hard okay. to improve on <laughs> yeah. pure still Yeah, So, my, <laughs> know, so but my point of that story, there's a coach early in life that kind of had an outside perspective of how to help this kid be a better ball player, even though I knew it was never going to be
1: a ma- major league player. But, and that's uh, why you, you know, became it's a bullpen catcher. A <laughs> what? <laughs> a bullpen catcher. That's right. Perfect. So no, That's funny. I'm a big fan of the coaches because, like, From my non-coaching perspective, excuse me, I'm an expert, whatever, good enough in my data field. I'm not an expert in running a business. No idea how to do it, you know? I have some idea, and I could fake it till I make it kind of thing, but with employees, with clients, with team members, all these other things, there's a lot of things going on, and it's easy to have the entrepreneur AD and focus a little bit on a dozen different things. I feel like the coach comes in and says... Here's a good strategy. Yeah. Let's focus on this a little bit. That, Reli- that,
0: and that line you just said, I actually, right before this, I was with a client, small business coaching client that is a chiropractor, owns her own chiropractic business. And that's Dr. what Pink. she says is, I have never taken a business course and mm-hmm. people call it, oh, you have a, oh, you have a practice. She's, I mean, that's just a fancy medical word for a business right? because you still have to run it like one. Right. And that's what she says is like, it's great because like when I'm around my peers and I talk about my growth rate, they're like, "I'm um, what?" Right. You know, like they don't know, and it's because they're not brought up with that. They went to medical school, That's not right. to business school to run a business. Right. You obviously went to business school or data you know, school. D- data. <laughs> you invented a school that the you heard. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and Brandon chimes in for Perfect. <laughs> But like you didn't go through like entrepreneurial training. Right. Exactly. Nor did most people. Who does? Right. Who does? So, I mean, yeah, you go through and get an accounting degree. That doesn't mean you can run a business. And this isn't to say that you can't be successful even without that. It's just at some point in time, the scale hurdle you might want to get over will require a different approach.
2: That's correct. Right. And that's where
0: outside opinion, whether it's an advisor, whether it's a coach, a mentor they can all add value in that category yeah we've just professionalized one aspect of it because if we can come in i'm sure you've got your process that you use i'm not saying that it's not customized to the individual but you know when you hear certain things like here's what we should be working on because i know we've done this with other clients and it's worked in that exact same scenario that's correct yeah, yeah. so i yeah. mean it, that's the value is then like you know james and i could sit here and talk like how could i you know what you're doing something on the executive coaching end with team members of businesses you're coaching, that sounds great. Like a couple things you might point out. I might take away and say like that could add some value to my clients type of thing. Yeah.
3: Well, and there's two points. Most business owners are people that decide they're going to open a business are usually a little bit more headstrong than others. So they've already decided they're going to do this. And it takes a while for someone to realize to go, maybe I need some help with this. Or maybe they never figure it out. Okay? Right. Or maybe they don't think they can afford it. Whatever the case may be, there's that mentality. That's right. That, yeah. I mean, for me, I came up to a point where it's like, I've gone as far as I can go. And I don't feel like I can go much further without a lot of heartache before I get there. So that's why I decided to go that way. But there's people that will go just keep banging their head on the wall and just never it's ingrained in their personality that they're just not going to do it. So I think that's where the disconnect is for a lot of people because I'll talk to them and yeah, they all have we all have the same problem that some people realize they have a problem and do something about it or they just keep doing the same thing and expect something different.
2: Yeah. I mean, but as a small business owner, you're up against how many decisions a day, right? So, I mean, you're, you have a fork in the road multiple times. It's interesting because, and the path that you decided on following for your future with your business is different than somebody in a similar business, and neither are incorrect, but now it's, okay, if you chose this path, how are we going to maximize right. your success, as well as, and I really un- I really stress this a lot with my clients and my practices, the fulfillment around that. You, Everybody has a different definition of success, but yeah, what's the, the fulfillment yeah. Let's talk about that, too, because yeah. uh, I think that's a very important, often overlooked, Aspect, yeah, business ownership. Yeah, What's you're your, supposed to like it. Remember when yeah. you remember that you day quit you working said, for that jerk
0: yeah. so you could start exactly. your own business? <laughs> not hate it as much. No, as the I'm working
2: Right? <laughs> remember when you were talking about going into business for yourself and nobody could talk you out of it? Right? Because yeah. you were like, oh my god, this is like my rookie year. I love this. I'm gonna hit it out of the park. Yeah. Well, not you. And you're and gonna pop up to short. Yeah. Gonna, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, nice. Yeah. Thank you. The, I mean, you the, were the, listening. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Thank you now i no, don't I, even know what the hell i was talking about no yeah, i know I totally I totally like, it's okay i got gotcha. you <laughs>
1: i'm gonna go off of what brandon was saying of you get to the certain point and a lot of people will see that and recognize the problem only some people go with the coach method correct and a lot of people that's... look at the price of a coach and i'm going to make up numbers right easy round numbers a thousand bucks a month whatever doesn't matter if you're looking at that and saying a thousand bucks oh man that's a big expense well yeah but you're going to waste 10 hours on indecision or making a bad decision or fighting with an employee that you shouldn't be when an hour with a coach could solve that whole problem. So if your hourly rate is if you're wasting 10 hours versus a thousand bucks, a hundred bucks an hour, it's probably more than that. It's a very easy math equation to say, okay. A coach actually makes more sense, and I'm going to end up saving money. Brian, yeah. you hear this guy? It's yeah. as though he's worked with, co- worked with
0: coaches <laughs> I, or something. Yeah, or he, he sat on this podcast enough. Yeah, like, yeah, there it is. There it is. He's Long-time listener. Jack doesn't know, but I asked Brandon when he works on Jack's computer to go ahead and put in a program where it runs and plays that out <laughs> right. loud every night, so he just keeps hearing those episodes over and over.
1: I knew those weren't whale sounds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Work with a consultant. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: No, it's good stuff, though. It really is. So any industries that you like to work with? For me, you
2: know, Brian mentioned it earlier about being coaches, a generalist. I, You know, I wish I came to my practice 10 plus years ago when I started and said, I'm a coach in this industry with this revenue base and this amount. But in reality, I'm an entrepreneur coach. And what I found is that I love working with various businesses. The thing that that are the inclusion criteria become, first off, are they coachable, right? I want to work with the owner as my entree. Now, it doesn't mean that's where it stops because sometimes it could be the number two and other people, you know, key contributors to that organization once we get going together. But no specific industries, but what I have found is that service-based businesses are very attractive to me. And I find that people who are owners of service-based businesses are attracted to my my style and my practice so that okay. that's so attorneys you mentioned chiropractor i've had chiropractor clients so service-based professionals i would say if i had to pick like an area that is of interest and focus that that's a good focus for me yeah they tend to be you know boutique type firms and right. but i love working with that size of organization so it kind of hits a lot of the levers for me you know size of organization service-based businesses understand trading dollars for money for time type of thing Mm -hmm. they understand the framework of coaching and that's where i've had a lot of success i have a lot of successful clients within various service-based businesses who have been with me for a number of years so i'll just underscore that that that's a good probably category for me
1: and it makes sense too because like again i'll take it from the not coaches perspective like i have clients across industries as well and it's at the end of the day data is data for me Yes, there's a different spin for every single Mm. client and there's a different data source and they want a different visual and all this other stuff, but the fundamentals are still the same. I imagine it's pretty much the same from your side. It's not templated by any means. It's still custom to the source and everything, but coaching is coaching. Entrepreneur problems are entrepreneur problems. That's correct. Coaching is coaching, and that's why a
2: coach doesn't need to be an expert in a particular industry because you're not hiring them to be the expert in that industry. You're hiring them to be that outside perspective and that expert in the coaching process to help you discover direction and and next steps. And I
0: think that's a good point to make too, because like the opposite of it is when you realize that business might need something very specific, that's a good time for the coach to say like, as a coach, I would tell you, you probably should spend your energy right now. I, you know, working here, I had an example of that would be, this was years ago. I started working with a CBD company and some of the issues that they were facing weren't normal business issues. The problems were it's a deregulated industry where each state would make up its own rules on what CBD products could or couldn't be sold, where the, you know, the marijuana farms could be located, couldn't be. And the challenge that provided is in order to take credit card, the national banks wouldn't do industries that weren't all inclusive of all 50 states. So if CBD was banned in a certain state, the credit card company would say like, or the processing companies would say, I'm sorry, we can't. you can't use our processing any longer. And so then it's like, well then they're back to cash. But it was, a lot of this was when it was still, it was kind of like the wild west. Yeah. And so they were still sorting it all out. So I actually recommended to her that, that owned the business, instead of working with me, it would be better for you to first go clear up like how to even be able to perform your business legally before we sit down and talk. And so she hired a CBD consultant that was actually actively fighting Ah. with the different states on how to get that done. Because if all of a sudden you can't accept credit card, like it's really hard to run that business, especially when half of your sales are online. There you go. You know, and so like that was an industry dynamic that like had nothing to do with coaching or her business it was the type of industry she was in and so that's, that's where you right. might say like hey the generalist approach actually isn't the right one for you at this moment
2: and we need to identify yeah. when it's appropriate to that's to, right to back out yep temporarily probably cuz yep. now you build trust with her but i agree i think we yep. that's another thing coming in as a coach from the outside we may be able to identify where opportunities are being missed that may not be in my wheelhouse and that's okay yeah right that's totally fine yeah
3: yeah, I think from your guys' perspective from a business owner is <clears throat> you guys are looking at it without emotion or investment or anything like that. So a decision that you would say, hey, this would probably be a good path, internally you're going there's going to be so much pushback or there's going to be this or there's going to be... Yeah. But it's not. It's it, it never is. It's all what's in your head and what you've created that you feel like those things may take place. But from the outside, it's like, no, you just do that. And that's the end of it. Yeah. Yep. And typically, it's, I mean, its that's the way it is. It's If you can run your business without emotion, and some people can. Some people can't.
0: Some people can't even get through a 20-minute no. episode I, without I a I free know. phone yeah. Calls. yeah. No, there's
3: actually five so far. <laughs> five. Wow. And four texts. It's a light day for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, I mean, just being able to have that perspective and if you kind of struggle with those things, those are the biggest things that I would say a business coach can help with. It's because they, <clears throat> the attachment and the emotion and everything else has been removed from the equation, yeah. which clouds much of the decision-making in a business. Yeah. As and
2: objective as we can be. I mean, I mentioned that you know, before, before our conversation today, I was with a client who's been with me for nine years. It's like... It's hard not to have that emotional involvement, but we need to be able to still yeah. be as objective as possible. Well, I
0: mean, the crazy thing, what you were saying, Brandon, I mean, it's business isn't actually complicated. It's people that make it complicated. Right. There you go. You know, if you could, I mean, it's like almost anything. Boy, this business would run great if I didn't have to worry about customers. You know? Right. <laughs> I could produce whatever I wanted. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But it's like also like <laughs> the business actually is very black and white and very simple. It's the people element that complicates it, not necessarily for the worse just makes it more complicated
1: yeah people can be your biggest strength too but I, yeah to yeah. brandon point to all of your points really it's you come in and say like this is the right answer this is what it is maybe the top two are right answers if you can do it great if not then let's talk about some sort of alternative path but like this is what you do That's it. yeah period
3: yeah and a kind of the eye opening one was this was many years ago is we were at a trade show for IT MSPs
1: and
0: sounds private. exciting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can you give me a plus one for that next year? Yes,
0: I can. Actually, perfect. Are there any more acronyms we could use? <laughs> yeah, the first couple I went to, I was like, Woo,
3: I don't know anything what you guys are talking about. But he, there was a guy that got up there. He had run an MSP for years, and he said, you know what? There's two takeaways you're going to do leaving this seminar. And I said, okay. And he starts talking. And he goes, first thing you're going to do is go raise your rate. By ten percent, he goes. I don't care what your reason. What you're charging now? It's it's, it's ten percent higher tomorrow. I I love it. And he and the other one was. He goes. You're not going to talk yourself out of it. He goes. That's what you're going to go do. And I guarantee you will never hear a word from your customer about it. About it. Yep. I did it, and sure enough, didn't hear a, a peep. Yeah. After this
0: episode, you will, but not before that. <laughs> right, right, right. That's yeah. assuming that it.
3: <laughs> yeah, be with that contract
0: Jack, wait, wait, wait. Brandon. Are all three <laughs> listeners your clients? That's all we need to
2: know. Yeah. <laughs> Jack's all pissed because he should have hired Brian yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, his fee structure just went up.
3: Yeah, and I get. I mean, there's some businesses like we do a lot with insurance agents, and they're kind of locked in where they can't raise their prices. So that kind of makes me go, you know, I know what situation they're in, but it still doesn't change the fact if I'm not profitable that's right i'm uh, you better be
1: profitable that's, with all those uh, yeah. calls i mean you should all these, raise all all by these 20. new
3: customers calling yeah, is yeah. your bookie calling you no <laughs> oh, no no okay. i wish <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's just if you're not profitable you're not going to be in business and you can't help anybody anyway so
2: there yeah, you go right
3: so those are kind of the choices that either it is what it is and it just that's the way it has to be and
2: You know, and it's funny because, you know, some of the younger companies I work with, well, I won't even use that as a descriptive. Pricing is a challenge for a lot of small business owners.
1: Definitely. Because we're looking
2: at it from a different purview and, you know, what's the value? It's like, wow, I'm really worth that? No, I'm not worth that. You make apologies for it. That's a conversation many times in my engagements. You know, what's the right time to raise rates? What's... What should I be charged That becomes an area of focus yeah, I was, right off the bat. Your
0: customers will let you know when it's too much. That's right. <laughs> right.
2: Like when was the last time a customer pushed back <laughs> yeah. on your
1: price?
0: Right, oh. and that that's a, a good test. It's yeah. a tough thing because people look at what they stand to lose, not what they might gain. That's right, yeah. So,
1: What's the number coaches? Like 10% of people should say no to a proposal based on price? Oh, what are we feeling? The
0: objective, it's around 10% of 10%. the people that buy on price to, to okay. be clear it's so, not that they'll object some people will object just because that's in their nature but 10% of everybody will make a decision to buy based on the price okay which I, means if they I can't concur. if they can't find something you're offering that separates you from the competition the math is the only thing that's comparable your price versus their price and that's it but if like your price has like nine other bells and whistles it becomes convoluted, and they'll make a buying decision based on their feel. Right,
2: right. That's yeah, I, I feel like like Brian's saying. I think there are people that will push back on price. There's a percentage of the population pushes back on price, regardless of what the price is. Yeah. Right, right.
0: Yeah. They're taught from They're, their parents it. like the first thing you do is negotiate. <laughs> right, and if you don't, you're not a you're not a person. Right, not a, right. You know.
2: So I don't know. Let's say that's fifteen percent. But then on the inverse, there's the same amount of people, same percentage of people that don't ever really worry about that. They look at it from other, so price is not an objection, and then there's price that is always an objection. Right. And then there's the middle of the bell curve, right? right. But I think if you could focus your price intolerance on that middle of the bell curve, you'll probably get a little bit more
0: well, reality out That of it. makes sense. And I always yeah. say no, nobody really wants their business being driven by price buyers to begin with because nope. they're gonna be shopping you anyways. When they right. can find something cheaper, they're gone. So if you have to cut your losses, like you're gonna raise your price and lose, the price buyers, that's great because if you just sent your worst customers to your competition, you didn't do a disservice to yourself. Right. So, I mean, they're going to go buy from somebody else and you replace them with people that will pay the price.
1: There you go. So Easy math at the end of the day. Guys, we've got to wrap up there, but James, as our guest, thank you for coming on, number one. Number two, if you have any sort of word of wisdom... (laughs) You know. You listen,
0: good thing when Jack I told you to, about this in advance. I'm like, Jack.
2: What do I need to prepare for this? No, you said, nothing. You nothing.
1: nothing. No, you do this every day. Top of your head, what do you got? What do you got for small business owners out there that's worth thinking about? And it can be hire a coach. That could be the right answer. Oh. All you right. Not, not after video. you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing. We're not doing this on video, but you should see his face right now. <laughs>
0: I think, or you um, should see which finger he has up. Right, right no, it, no, <laughs> here, one. no,
2: Jack. It lines up <laughs> with what we just we're wrapping up with, and yeah. I think it comes to value. I think as a small business owner, truly look at the value of time. What is your time worth, and what is that value you bring into your clients? That time. You can't get time back when we can't save it for later. So you have to be very mindful of what you're utilizing your time for at each and every moment. Sounds like high pressure, but if you condition yourself to really focusing on the highest value activities, you'll scale growth, You'll and as I mentioned earlier, I think you'll have a more fulfilled practice or business, whatever you're into. There you so go. I think it's really focus on value of time, your time, That that I think is a big takeaway. Boom. Awesome. I love it. See? Well done. Yeah. Thank
1: yeah. you, sir. That's well, thank you. I appreciate it being yeah. here. Thanks for coming. Oh, out. Yeah. This was great. This Absolutely. is very good. I hope the listeners are out there. I, I was going to say session. mic drop, but don't drop my mic.
3: Throw <laughs> 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 it across the room. Yeah. Those
0: aren't irreplaceable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, thank no, you th- much
2: again. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate yeah. this.
1: Thank you. Thanks, L1B. Good being here. If
2: I had a perfect day, I would have it start this way. Open up the fridge and have a tall boy, yeah. Then I'd meet up with my friend.